you struggle with turning your thoughts and ideas into tangible goals? Like trying to get into the career you have always wanted, but are afraid of, or creating a more organized living space? How about improving your financial health or finding ways to be more authentic in relationships? My favorite. Organize with Ollie is a compassion-led and customized coaching practice that helps you be more productive, find intuitive work-life integration, increase self-worth, and achieve your goals. They are offering the first 10 magical souls who sign up 50% off your first three sessions. Please use code SB50 on OrganizeWithOllie.com or direct message on Instagram at OrganizeWithOllie. Again, use code SB50 to get 50% off your first three sessions on OrganizeWithOllie.com or on Instagram at OrganizeWithOllie. And you can find these in the show notes. Chat soon. I have Mel here from Real Talk with Mel. She's here to discuss all things sexuality, culture, gender, and religion. Mel, can you say hi to our audience tonight? Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Yes, it's a pleasure to have you on. I'm really excited to dive into these topics today. So let's get started with talking about you. Can you tell the audience a little bit about you and what you study? Yes. So I am doing my master's right now in religions and cultures, but I also have my background. So my bachelor's degree in the exact same thing. And I really concentrated on women in religion and Judaism as well. So those were the things that intrigued me the most within my degree. But really specifically, women in religion is what caught my interest and just like kind of inspired me to continue my degree and my master's degree. So I'm very much interested in just women empowerment, women's sexuality, feminine sexuality, like all these things, but within religion and religions and cultures. Mm, That's so cool. Well, you are in the right place because we love women here. I'm a feminist myself and a lot of our listeners identify as women. So I think that's super cool. Do you mind me asking what got you into uh, leaning into that topic and subject? What interests you in studying that in the first place? So at first I was like as confused as every young person, (laughs) not knowing what to choose um, as a degree. Um, And I was kind of actually taking electives and like independent studies and I was taking a lot of women's studies and religion courses and then I had had taken so many that eventually I was like you know what I might as well do a bachelor's in this and that's kind of how it happened and it just like continued on its own like within what just naturally interested me I just continued learning what I like to learn. Oh I love that because I feel like a lot of people understandably so go into college with a career outcome like I need to study medical school because I want to be a doctor but to just like I think that's so beautiful that you wanted to learn more about that topic so that's you could tell you're so passionate about it when you go into it for that reason and I have so much respect for you because I was going to get my master's in women and gender studies but everyone kind of like discouraged me to do it I don't know how it is in Canada but here in the states people are like 
you'll never find a job. Like, what do you want to do with that degree? So I love that you're just kind of like, fuck that noise. I'm going to do what I love. <laughs> and when you tell people what, like, when I tell people what I, what I study, they're like, oh, so you're going to be a nun? And I'm just like, excuse me? <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, that has nothing to do with it. So you do get, like, the, the odd response. But then it just shows, like, with what kind of person you're dealing with. And you're just like, okay, yeah. move on. Like, next. Um, but I do have to say I'm very lucky that I get to study something that I'm passionate about I mean like it's coming from a privileged place as well I get that a lot Um, I'm thankful for my parents that they kind of support me (laughs) so so like that student life but again like it's really passion like you said passion is what's driving me and I really do love it I'm so happy to hear that so let's just jump right in so let's talk about religious and cultural influences on sex and gender. I don't know where we'd like to start, but if you can kind of give an overview of how gender, sexuality, sexual identity, orientation are all influenced by our religious and cultural upbringings. Yeah, that's a good, um, it's a big topic and also a good topic. (laughs) So I have a lot of friends from a lot of backgrounds. If it's Hinduism, if it's atheism, if it's Judaism, if it's Islam, if it's Christianity, if it's Catholicism, like I've encountered so many people already in my life. And they're like, yeah, but like, I'm not religious or yeah, but I'm not traditional. So you, you think you're not religious and you think you're not traditional and Canada is technically a secular state, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if we're talking about like an Islamic state, um, a Christian state, a Hindu state, it doesn't matter really which one we're looking at. I think every country in itself is built on some sort of religious law or religious structure. Um, Here in Quebec, for example, being Catholic was like a big thing. And as much as like a lot of Quebecers or Canadians think, oh, well, I'm not religious at all. A lot of things are still showing up and you can still see that with the way we treat women, with the way we raise our children, even though you're not bringing them to church. But maybe the way you're like bringing them up, it's just kind of like instilled within our being. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to understand that and to acknowledge that. Even if you don't consider yourself religious, there is some sort of underlining tone in your upbringing or just in your environment. It doesn't even have to be your upbringing. It could just be in where you live. Mm-hmm. And it's important to note that and it's important to understand that. Yeah, it's so unconscious too. Like most of us, we could say we're not religious. I don't follow any particular religion. I'm spiritual, but like, the way that you were brought up, it's so insidious, you don't even realize that it influences your day-to-day beliefs, behaviors, actions, and everything in between. 100%. And also, like, the way laws work, like, they were based on something from the past. And the past isn't that far. And I think it's important to understand where you come from and to understand that. If you choose to follow your religious laws is up to you still, but it's just, just to know, like, where do I come from? Who am I? Like to understand that and then, you know, keep going with that and then try to understand, well, why do I feel shameful when I'm having casual sex or why am I waiting to have sex before marriage? Like, why 
am I like this? Like, do I really think this way? Or why am I against abortions? Or vice versa? Why am I pro-abortion? Like, what is it that makes the clock tick, right? Like, where where is this all coming from? Yeah, we're all subject to that societal conditioning. And I think it's really important to look at our programming, because especially here in America, with the last several years everything is so divided and secular and you can even see like california for example the west coast is known for being super like free-spirited liberal open-minded pro-abortion um there's a lot of open queer communities out there which i love and versus uh, alabama which is south and kind of midwest where it's known to be more traditional and conservative so even our geographic location holds a big play into our values and morals i feel like personally 100 percent, i completely agree with that and that goes again not just for america and not just for canada but everywhere in the world you know if you look Africa as a whole you have a lot of Muslim countries but there's also there's also Jews living in Africa and there's also Christians living in Africa and those things are important to understand living side by side with other faiths like what does that mean what what can rub off or like just just understanding all of that is just really important and I just I know Canada and I think America too like we're supposed to be secular but like we're so not like you see it within the politics you see the language that's being used. I think language is a big thing. Like they're using terms from the Bible or verses from the Bible and we don't even realize it because none of us read the Bible, but you're just like, wait a second, where did this come from? And you're like, huh, it came from Genesis so-and-so. And you're just like, okay, good to know. Yeah. So it's instilled everywhere, like anywhere and everywhere I find within our society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Without even realizing it, even with, the Pledge of Allegiance. It's a Pledge of Allegiance under God. And I think the term man or men is used in it too. So it, it goes way, way back further than we could ever believe. And I'd love to talk about gender roles now and how religion kind of shapes the gender roles and the norms, quote unquote, that we follow in our own cultures and societies. Yeah, 100%. So I feel like gender roles are still so existent. Like everyone always says we came such a far way. We just came such a far way. We came such a far way. But like, did we really? Like (laughs) women are still like not being paid the same. Like we're still being judged on what we're wearing. Like a woman is still expected to clean and cook. Like this is still something that's expected. Like as much as I don't think it is, I think it is. And um I think that does also come from religions and cultures. Like at the end of the day, the a religion is very patriarchal. Like I always say it's the men that wrote the Bible. Like you see it in the gospels, gospels of John, gospels of Matthew. Like these are men's names. Like <laughs> and are women no even mentioned in the Bible except for Virgin Mary and like the prostitute that Jesus saved? Like yes. <laughs> is there and anyone else? Notice that too, virgin and prostitute. It's so black and white. Yeah, there's nothing in between. And, like, women don't even have a name in the Bible if they talk about a woman. Like, the women that found the body of Christ or his, like, tomb the next day for, like, was it Easter? I think it's Easter, yeah. Um, (laughs) They all didn't have a name. Like, it was just, like, a group of women. But it's like, okay, but what was their name? Because we know the 12 apostles' names, but we don't know 
Literally. the women that found his body. So what's cool about religion and cultures is everything that's written and everything that's not written speaks volumes. And the fact that it's like women aren't mentioned and women are not writing, we know kind of how to identify what the women were doing, even though it's not like written, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I think that all these gender roles were created, I guess for like, um, for a man. It wasn't there for a woman. I think it was really there to serve the man and and not serve the women. And it's still happening today. Like we are still living in a patriarchy. So, yeah, let's talk about the patriarchy and misogynistic views and feminism, because I know like very open about this my last relationship one of the main reasons why it didn't work out was because that person was so their gender roles were so like ingrained in them that a lot of people here where I'm located are very anti-feminism like feminism gets a bad rap it's like ooh, you're a feminist like you must not shave your armpits and you must hate men and I've heard mm-hmm. just the comments um are just so upsetting to me because it's like why should women want equal rights because then they're gonna have to do everything that they expect men to do and it's just like yeah so can you speak to that because it's 2022 yes we've come a long way but clearly we have so much further to go so yeah feminism has many waves there's like the first wave of feminism second wave so i think within feminism we have a little bit of a problem we have a little bit of an issue Mm -hmm. which is why i was kind of reserved on saying like i'm a feminist but like now i'm very comfortable with enough education and enough knowledge about the topic that i'm able to back myself up and be like no i am a feminist feminist and this is why and like feminism isn't wasn't perfect and still isn't perfect like we do have our flaws when it comes to like class gender also and um ethnicity so do still have issues within feminism but i think it's um important to note that there are women that support the patriarchy like everyone thinks feminism is against men which it isn't it's about equality and having equal human rights for everyone it's not man against woman it's just men right away feel attacked because they're the ones benefiting from the patriarchy and women (laughs) who don't like who are afraid to actually become someone and become a self like self-identifying themselves as i am melanie you know like and i like to do this and i don't agree with that like i think women are so afraid to do that because they don't know how And and we've been conditioned for generations and for decades to just serve a man and to to like just fit into that role that I think a lot of people are actually afraid to get out of this box that was created for them and they don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. And where do you get that information to know how to do it? It's about creating an atmosphere to talk about it and to make it feel okay and to, to raise awareness, which is why we're doing this, which is why we're having this conversation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's not to tell anyone they're wrong everyone is so entitled to their own beliefs 
but it's just about respectfully maybe agreeing to disagree on some things and just have an open non-judgmental mind that other people's views just because they aren't the same as yours doesn't mean that they're better worse or anything like that 100 percent, and that's not just between genders like that's between religions right like the whole reason wars happen is because like religious reasons you know what i mean and yeah. we should be able to live side by side each other all just like struggling to do that so i know know. the struggle is real (laughs) (laughs) clearly as we can see so i think that this topic is even more so important with everything that's going on can we talk about the way that culture shapes when it comes to sex sexual taboos um how does religion influence the way that people feel about fluid sexuality or talking about sex and sexual shame? Yeah, so growing up Catholic and I, I know I don't like I always say growing up Catholic, but I feel like this is like every religion, like anyone you talk to, they're like, oh, no, 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 like we don't talk about that at home. Yeah, And I'm just That's like, true. but like. And then the sex ed that we get in school is like, they're just terrible. It's like it's all erasing the pleasure and the fun that comes with sex, you know, even if it's, even if you want to wait till marriage to have sex, like if that's your choice, hundred percent go for it, but like know what to expect. I mean, like when you hear these, these stories about your friends who, who kept their virginity, I hate that term, by the way, um, who saved themselves for their husbands and vice versa, they get to the point and they're just like, sex sucks. Like, I hate sex. And I'm just like, yeah, because you don't know how to do it. (laughs) Like, that's the only reason why. Um, I do think you learn how to do it (laughs) by doing it. But I know there's some people who want to, like, like I said, save themselves for marriage. And that's, that's like your choice if that's what you want to do. But I feel like there's still a successful way to spread awareness about sex and removing that shame and that guilt that culture and religion has instilled in us. And they instilled it in us through education. So through the school system, which is linked to the government. So again, showing that every country has its um, religion and has its culture as a base. And this can go, again, like I said, for, for any religion. I'm just trying to say it, I guess, from my point of view. Absolutely. And, like, the way we grew up here and, like, in America and in North America. Yeah. And then I think also, like, what's it, like if you think about it, the Vatican was kind of saying, like, pro-same-sex uh, marriage. But then he was, like, saying, like, the Pope was saying, but I'm not really officially allowed to say it. And, like, we're not officially allowed to announce that within mm-hmm. the Catholic, like, church. And I was just like, okay, but, like, it's a modern day. Like, can we change this? Like, mm-hmm. can we change with time? It's kind of, like, I think the flaw with religions and cultures. Like, we're not changing with with the time. Like, mm-hmm. these books and these, these Bibles and the Quran and the Torah, they were all written at a different time. And... It's like they're looking at modernity as like a scary thing and as a bad thing, as anti-religious, but it shouldn't be like that. You know, we should be able to embrace change. Yes. Preach. A hundred years ago, we had like horse and buggy and now we have electronic chargeable cars. Like, why can't we all move in? Not saying that like everyone has to think a certain way, but like 
move with the times, people. I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you wouldn't like wear education on itself. Like there was a time where women weren't allowed to have an education, and that's not too long ago. Know. You know, so yeah, you're so right. I was gonna say like you wouldn't wear baby clothes when you're 25 years old. Like you have to grow with. I think that's important is growth and like constantly developing and. Um, I did want to say I started going to a Christian church a couple years ago and the pastor got divorced and so many people left the church and it just it sucked to see because I was like why the righteousness you know like good for him he wasn't happy he honored himself and he did what was best for them and people just looked down upon it. So I mean, like, divorce is, like, that scary word, the D word, you know, like, um, <laughs> it's still, I guess it's normalized to an extent, like, I think it's still a little bit sad when people are like, oh, yeah, we'll get married, and worst case, we'll just get a divorce, but, like, in my head, I'm like, wait, that's not, like, at that point, just don't get married. Yeah, you don't <laughs> want to aim for that. <laughs> it's, like, a fine line to where that's okay and I'm not saying divorce is not okay it's just it shouldn't be nobody should want that you know not at all (laughs) if you're unhappy and it's not working out definitely get a divorce like 100% like happiness comes first (laughs) yes completely how is the sex education system in Canada so I'm not really up to date with it your experience yeah, um, so I was in a private school growing up, so our high school was a private school, and it was really, like, it was biology. Yeah. Like, our biology teacher told us how to reprocreate. It wasn't even about, like, oh, here's the clitoris. Like, this is where women will like it. Um, we I weren't wish. separated. It wasn't, like, boys in one class, girls in the other. Like, if we were together, which was cool. Mm. Uh, masturbation wasn't talked about, which I think it should have been because we were all masturbating at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, Facts. <laughs> they mentioned the period and what the purpose of a period was, and guys saw how tampons were used and pads. We're like, what? Oh my god! Like my mind is blown. You put that inside of you? Like it was just so immature. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it was really more like biology rather than the pleasure around sex, like the most important part about sex, you know, and it's not just recreating and having babies. It's also, you know, intimacy and pleasure. And those things were not spoken about at all. And I almost feel like it's because they don't want to make us want to have sex. But like, if you're keeping (laughs) a mystery, teenagers are going to go find out on their own what Mm -hmm. the heck it is. Like, you can't stop a teenager if they want to find something out. They're going to go... And they're going to do it themselves. So I do still strongly believe if you give people the right information and educate them the right way, they're less likely to do something stupid. Not saying that sex is stupid, just saying they would have maybe done it in a safer way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, knowledge is power. And kids will either learn from experimenting themselves the wrong way like the unsafe way rather through their friends or through porn so you might as well give them the correct information i feel like a lot of us would be having a lot better sex if that was the case (laughs) the porn was a big thing in high school too like at this point i think we all had like iphones 
like not all of us, but some of us, like the rich kids have their yeah. iPhone and they would pull it out and they would be like, look at this. I found this last night. And you're like, holy shit. Like what is happening? Oh, no way. Yeah. Like this was like the first time I ever have seen porn was on an iPhone. Like someone showed it to me during break and I was like, what the hell is happening? Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So even that, it was just like, I didn't, like, to me, that was sex. And I was just like, wait, what? I'm like, you're telling me she's enjoying this? Like, she looks like she's having, like, a panic attack. Like, she looks scared. She probably was. (laughs) Yeah, and you're just, like, asking yourself, like, wait, do I want to do that? And then, Mm -hmm. like, as a woman, you're like, no, I don't. Like, as a young girl, you're just like, I don't want to do that. Like, that doesn't look like fun. So even for women, you're, like, scared away with porn if you're, like, looking at that for the first time like that again is not sex like porn is not sex yeah porn is also very patriarchal and you mentioned before the word virginity can we kind of tackle that and deconstruct why that term is problematic it's problematic because it's like it's measuring the purity of a woman and i know virginity is meant for men and women but for some reason i find it much more important for a woman Mm -hmm. and this is again not just in christianity this is within all religions there's a lot of purity cultures happening some of them are really scary like they perform circumcisions on women um which is like circumcising the clit like what the heck is going on you know like all just to keep a woman pure And I mean, a woman is pure with or without having sex, in my opinion, and her, her, her worth and her purity should not be based on so-called virginity, which again, I really don't like that term. And I don't like that whole notion that you're like, oh, I just lost my virginity. You didn't lose anything, honey. (laughs) You just gained power and you just gained an experience and you gained knowledge that's what happened (laughs) yes it's your sexual debut (laughs) yeah and like then like when a guy loses it it's like wow so good for you but when a girl loses like oh did it hurt like oh yes conversations yeah I remember so the that. guy is like the best thing in the world and the girl it's like the first question that was asked like oh my god did it hurt yeah mm-hmm. yeah so and you get that fear that goes hand in hand with like you said purity culture which for people that might not have heard that term bef- before can you just kind of explain what that's defined as yeah so purity culture is something that within your religion or in your culture depending again from which specific one we're talking about uh usually it happens when a when a young girl gets her period she'll go through a purity culture and making her a woman like like stating that this is now a woman so she's able to get married she's still maybe a virgin like that's checked as well again like you can't check if a person is a virgin um promised away like it really depends like who which which background we're talking about but again like promising your daughter away to her future husband is a thing Um, There's many different kind of purity cultures, and there's one specific one that really intrigued me. It was the Ethiopian Jews. Um, It was a purity thing throughout the whole life of a woman, so even a wife, a daughter, a sister, anyone, like anyone who gets their period, 
they're sent into a period hut for the time span that they have their period. Because if they're living in the same environment as the men, they can, like, they'll, they're not pure, so the men can't touch them because they'll get infected or unpure. And that's all based on the period. So even that was, like, so crazy to me to read about that and to learn about that. And that still, like, goes on today, you know, and we're in 2022. This is not, I'm not talking about the past. I'm talking about what's happening right now in this, in this world. Yeah, I'm grimacing because I know so many men that are grossed out by women when they're on their period or just the thought or sight of period blood. (laughs) And it's just, to me... Uh, okay maybe it's foreign to you but it just seems a little pathetic to me to be quite honest and I remember when I got my period at 13 or 14 I hysterically cried to my mom because I felt like I was bad and there was like shame and fear tied into it and I was like I I'm bad now like I got my period I'm not innocent anymore and I wish I could just go back in time and hug myself and just normalize it it's a normal experience Yeah, it is a normal experience. And it's actually like, so amazing what a period does for a woman and for a whole entire like sexual organ and a vagina, like it just cleans itself completely out. Like, show me one organ that does that. I haven't seen one yet, except for the vaginas. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I love it. Even the way that women talk about their period sometimes that they feel crappy or they feel ugly or they feel fat and unsexy it's like that was given to us that's not our own like our period is powerful and i know so many women that hate their period so much and the only time they like it is when they have a pregnancy scare and they finally get the period they're like thank god (laughs) yeah yeah 100 percent um the whole conversation around the period needs to change as well and it's not something scary or something bad it's something amazing and it needs to be embraced celebrated yeah i agree can we transition that leads us to transition to female empowerment i kind of want to end on um and how when we talk about body image and self-esteem the way that society influences women's views of themselves 100 percent. i recently became an empowered woman i was not always as happy as i am took me a long time um a lot of self-growth a lot of self-value a lot of self-worth and it's definitely like you said society like society telling you what the perfect Mm -hmm. size is Uh, the perfect skin color, the perfect hair, and a little bit, like, I'll get a little bit personal, I guess. Um, In high school, I was surrounded by, like, tall, skinny girls, Mm. and I was, like, the only, like, short, like, big hips, like, big butt kind of girl, and the guys made fun of me, like, nobody's business, and it was really the guys. It was never the girls, like, thankfully, And then, like, here in Quebec, we have a thing called CIGEP, or college, and that, like, is the transition between high school, and you do that, like, for two to three years, and then you go to university, but you leave your high school to go into, like, a CIGEP, and then I went there for my first year feeling shitty, because I'm, like, I'm this, like, ugly person (laughs) coming into this new school, 
But I feel like it was at the same time where big hips and big butts were like coming in, like Kardashian look. Yeah, the Kardashian trend. And I was getting looks and compliments. I'm like, wait, you like this? Like, you like what you see? I was like, oh, my whole life, it was so ugly, you know? And that felt really good. So I'm happy that there was like a trend coming where big hips and all that was in. But now it's become to a point where people are getting like surgery for it, you know? know? And like, I don't know how I feel about that, to be quite honest. Um, But other things about like looks is also cellulite, you know, or stretch marks and bad skin. Like it's not like skin is texture. Like you can't have smooth baby skin. Like that's not a thing. It's Photoshop. And especially for women, you know, like we have our cellulite and we have our stretch marks. And I think more and more I guess we can see it in ads that they're being incorporated mm-hmm. but what's also completely left out are disabilities or people True. who are disabled like even that language needs to change and seeing someone who's missing a limb or someone who's just not like the perfect human needs to be shown mm-hmm. as as well you know and like we can like talk about this like on a whole episode like there's I so know. much to like unpack about it but at the end of the day like what helped me was to surround myself with people who are supportive who are different so not everyone who looks the same and like that way you can start loving yourself you know what I mean like self-love is so important because the moment you love yourself like no one can tell you anything you can tell me I'm ugly I'll be like cool thanks (laughs) see you tomorrow it won't affect me because I, I know my worth. I know what I feel. I know how I feel. And I love myself. So you can't touch me. Like, that's what it is. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And you brought up so many points how, like, ableist and even racist that the culture glorifies. Like, in America, we have famous Beyonce and Rihanna. And you're only accepted as a woman of color if you look like that like it's only okay to be black if you look like uh, Nicki Minaj or something and it's it goes to show like how racist and as you mentioned ableist these beauty ideals are there's even apps now where you can change your waist size your hip size like add fake things and I think that for me it's taken a really big toll on me like my self-image I have cellulite on my thighs I've never been like a petite slim person I've always been bigger and it really can heavily impact especially social media which we haven't even touched on the way that the images are distorted and we're all kind of starting to gravitate to look the same and you mentioned before that like 10, 20 years ago, there was, like, this Playboy bunny ideal with really, like, skinny and tall, and now it's more, like, curvy, but you can only be curvy on your hips. Like, you have to have a small waist and big boobs, so it's just, like, it's too much, and it's not realistic. It is too much, and the whole flat stomach thing is not real. I don't believe anyone who has a flat stomach, like, they're lying. (laughs) (laughs) Like, no. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So I'd love to wrap up here by you just kind of sharing. You were so vulnerable to touch on your own 
uh, journey with this, what were some ways that like you moved towards that self-love and self-acceptance? So I actually had to get out of a really toxic relationship (laughs) to love myself. It was really um, bad. It was like an on and off. It was just really bad. Like, I don't even want to get into that. I feel you. Um, But after getting out of it, I felt like I just shed this whole skin off of me. And I all of a sudden, like, had an enlightenment. And I was just like, what was I thinking? Like, all these red flags. And, like, I'm not going to beat myself up for it. I'm going to be like, you were so stupid. Can't believe you did that to yourself. Like, I, I could have gone that way as well. But I decided to, like, become super, like, I guess, like, really focusing on, on who I am and, like, who I wanted to be without anyone else. Like, I didn't want to be someone's girlfriend or be like I didn't want to attach myself to anyone I just wanted to find myself and know exactly who it is that I am and through that journey I started eating better I started education like I took the like the next step to higher education I keep saying education saved my life Mm -hmm. like hands down it totally did um, and then I started doing like workouts, but not like crazy workouts. I, I like to like little things, you know, that just make me feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, I started masturbating a lot more. Um, we that love that. A lot. I keep telling girls like the dick ain't that good. Like if he's treating you that way, girl, get yourself a vibrator yes. and <laughs> own your power because you don't need anyone to make you feel that way. Like, You can make yourself feel good, you know? So that was a big step for me in realizing that I own my power. I own me. I am who I am. And I love myself. And it took me time. But, like, I made it. And I'm still going. Like, I still have things to learn. I still have things to, like, discover. And, yeah. (laughs) Ain't that the truth, sister? I am so happy for you that you got out of that unhealthy relationship um so much compassion for you that's so brave it's so hard but it sounds like it was well worth it in the end for you yes thank you so much and I don't know why women have to always go through like this terrible relationship to find themselves but like I guess you live and you learn right (laughs) yeah hopefully (laughs) hopefully yes that's what they say (laughs) yeah Well, Mel, it was lovely talking to you, learning from you. Can you please share where people can find you and check out your podcast? Yes. So you can find me on Instagram at real.talkwithmel. And there you'll see like everything that I'm doing. And you'll also find the link to my podcast. Um, The podcast is called Real Talk with Mel. I'm on Spotify and I'm also on Apple Podcasts. Great. And I'll link all that in the show notes for people to find you. Very cool. This conversation was so stimulating. I loved having you on. It's a pleasure. And I really thank you for your time. Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast. I also was very stimulated. Thank you so much for listening to Spiritual and Bipolar with Lauren Coletti. If you would like to support the show, you can enter to win a $25 Avi gift card by rating me five stars and sending me a screenshot of your five-star review via Instagram, which I will list in the show notes. If you are enjoying Spiritual and Bipolar, I would love it if you shared with a friend or someone you think could benefit from the show. 
I would love to hear from you. So never hesitate to reach out and tell me your thoughts, suggestions for guests and topics, or apply to share your story on the show. All my love.